0: First, I decided to go rent a car from Enterprise uh, car rental company, and Enterprise said, well, look, your driver's license is uh, among the driver's license from 50 countries that we don't allow in Massachusetts. So if you are going to drive here, you have to get a new driver's license. That's how it all began.
1: This is Religion Unplugged, an interview series about the global impact of religion in public life. For this episode, I interviewed Emeka Izezi, a board member of The Media Project and the former publisher of The Guardian of Nigeria. This is Paul Gladder with Religion Unplugged, and I'm sitting here in St. Petersburg, Florida in a sunny morning in a park with one of our board members, Emeka Izezi from Nigeria. Emeka, how are you? I'm very good, and thanks, Paul. I'm
0: glad to be on uh, Religion Unplugged podcast.
1: Emeka was the editor of The Guardian in Nigeria and publisher, executive. Uh, He's been a leader in media. At some point, now he's, he's looking into new projects. And during that phase, right, you told me you were a fellow at Harvard. What were you doing at Harvard?
0: Well, I was a fellow at the, the Weatherhead Center for International Affairs. And I was doing uh, some work on uh, problems of uh, international affairs and relations with respect, especially to the spread of uh, extremism across Africa and the rest of the world. That was really where my work has been.
1: So you're doing this academic research, and you said you took your family there. We were, at the time, I think you just had your well, your wife and your son. Now you have a daughter too, right? But you're, they were there with you in, in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, near Boston?
0: Yes, we were living in Boston for a few months. It, it was very expensive moving around in Cambridge. Uber, loved, Lyft, whatever, they, I found that... Um, It will be much, much more cost-effective for me to drive around um, while in Massachusetts. So I went to the driver's license office, motor vehicle license office, and uh, I got there and uh, they they explained to me that first I'll have to go through all kinds of tests and I, I was very happy to do that.
1: A study released at the beginning of the year found Massachusetts has one of the hardest driving tests in the country. Massachusetts road test is one of the most difficult ones. They're very, very strict.
0: I, I was surprised that everybody complained about the licensing office, but I didn't because I just found that there was a system and that you knew that the system exists. Right. You either prepare to meet up with the system or the system will catch up with you. And I really liked it because I, I'm not usually where I come from that system doesn't quite uh, exist. You can't specifically say in many respects, this is the process you have to go to get this, including a driver's license. Even if the process is there on paper, it's hardly followed. People tend to follow it more in the breach.
1: Most of us Americans, Emeka, we, you know, we, we, the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles, it's what we dread, going to get our license, the waiting in the line, the bureaucracy of it all, bringing all the documents. But you... When you told me about this, you were like, hey, this was like so amazing to me that uh, the way you get a driver's license in America. Yeah, the first time I went, I didn't go
0: with all the documents. Then I I came back again and then I had to do a snap um, eye test right there. They checked and they found that, okay, you can drive, you can see well. And then they asked me to go pay and I went to pay. And then right there, I did all the payment by the way, I was thrilled that right there at the motor License, Vehicle Licensing Office, I was directed to their computer to say, okay, just key in your name. And as I did that, I found all my details, the date of arrival, where I'm staying, when I'm leaving, all of them in the system. It, it, I mean, it's, it, it was very in, impressive for me because I could see that there is a sharing of data Everybody drawing from a certain database, and it's working if people in the motor vehicle licensing office could see, have, have my details, and they had no clue that I was going to go there anyway. But the details were there. I said, it then means that this thing works. Hmm. So I was very, I was ready to go through
1: it patiently, and I really enjoyed doing it. Well, How, how do you get a driver's license in Nigeria? How is the process different there? is rather chaotic. Getting a driver's license
0: in Nigeria, it, 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 I can't say for certain that this is the process you follow, because then everybody has his own system of getting it, and, and it, 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 I would prefer a place where they will insist on you going like everyone else the same way, which was what I found in Massachusetts. Wow. And it, 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 there wasn't any sort of confusion about what I had to do. I had to get all the documents correctly. I had to come to the office. I had to do an eye test. These are not things that you do regularly in Nigeria or some of uh, the other third world countries. Then I had to sit down and do a test. It directed me to a computer and that one nearly took me by surprise. I never prepared for it. (laughs) I had no clue that I was going to do a test, but I've been driving for years. I said to myself, what are they going to ask that I don't know? (laughs) And it turned out to be so because I've been driving for years. I went to the computer, I had this test, preset test, and I think I didn't answer five questions, but I got the it rest. Passed. I must, I must have got over 80%. high five brother. High five. <laughs> <laughs> so after the test, I just walked straight to it, to a desk, mm-hmm. and and the lady there opened and saw my result and said, "Okay, you went through it. Now we're oh. going to give you um, a learner's permit." Now that, that a was la- permit, that was okay. that was laughable. But I said, I laughed and. They issued the learner's permit and then said, you have to go choose a date, book an appointment to do a driver's test, a driving test. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to come with your car. You have to come with the driver on the day of the test. So I, I, ch- I went to the computer again, paid a little money, fixed an appointment, and then I, ca- I left and went on the day. I, I came with this, this driver. Um, he had a driving school. That was the only person I could see who let his car be used and who will also be available to come with me. And he, he just sat beside me. He knew that I could drive probably better than himself or as well as himself. Mm-hmm. And um, so we came and he was sitting at the back on the day of the test. And the, the guy who was going to test us, we just drove and queued up. When it, was, it got to our turn, the guy testing just walked into the car, and we entered. And he said, "Drive." And so I kept driving. I had gone through all these experiences. I drove, and I did very well. And, ah. I mean, I was. Uh, if you are being tested, you have to be. The, you have to be at your very best of behavior while driving. And, Were you nervous?
1: No, 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 no. no, no, no. You're I, a seasoned I passed, driver. Okay. I
0: passed a uh, bit nervous I've been driving for so, so long, <laughs> and. I okay. actually enjoy driving.
1: Uh-huh. Well, did they make you parallel park, Emeka? Because that's when you're a teenager getting your license in America. You know, that we have horror stories of, you know, having the parallel park is where a lot of people make their mistake, you know, and yeah. their driver's test. So how about you? How'd you do? No,
0: they didn't. Incidentally, I was prepared for that. I think they suspected that I would know how to do parallel parking, but they made me do some other things like getting to uh, an intersection and uh he just keeps quiet and decides to allow me to go wherever I want to go. And <laughs> sometimes there is no traffic light, and then he will just keep quiet and watch what I was going to do. So yeah. I yeah. had known that if you get to a, 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 an intersection, even where there's no traffic light, you have to wait. And yeah. You have to give pedestrians the right of way. Now, th- these are best of behaviors in driving, and, and I just followed them because mm-hmm. I knew them all along, but... For me, the whole idea that after driving for over 30 years, mm-hmm. I had to undergo a, 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 a driving test. Yeah. And it was also something hilarious for me, and I, I just did it. Yeah, then you the guy, fun the of guy, it,
1: it sounds like. Yeah. Oh,
0: yes. yes. Then it's, he asked me to make a turn. And uh-huh. I think that's, that was where he wanted to test me, and I made a turn. As soon as I made a turn, he said, no, he said, you're yeah, okay, let's go back. Okay. And, and then he came back and stamped my us permit paper and say, now you have a driver's license, we'll deliver it to you.
1: Certified driver in America, says he.
0: Ironically, that's something again that doesn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. Four days later, in my mailbox in the house, I received the driver's license in the mail. Now, the, you, you, nobody is going to mail the driver's license to you back home. You have to go there, you have to wait through one office, from one office to the other, you have to search through. Well, here I was, four days after doing the driver's test, the driving test, and I opened my mailbox, and there was a driver's license in the mail. I never went back to the, to the motor vehicle uh, license office anymore. I wow. got a driver's license wow. in the mailbox. So that does,
1: also does not happen that in Nigeria? That doesn't also really? happen back home. And what would you think, do instead back home for that?
0: You have to go back to the driver's license office, and you have to go through the same process of searching through Words and words of driver's license already stuck there Mm -hmm. for people who hadn't come to collect, and then you have to spend time. Actually, it's the whole idea that because the system here is uh, stratified, you know exactly what you are going to do at any given time. Hmm. It is very easy for people who are also orderly Uh to to, to face it. So when I say yeah, when I is fairly straightforward. Obey the rules. And you're going to get your driver's license. Yeah. You Let me ask something. You
1: drive. didn't you didn't talk about like bribes, but I wonder: does this is do, do people have to sometimes bribe officials oh, to get a driver's oh, license? Is home, that yeah. an issue? Officials, or?
0: officials will expect you in some respects to give them give them some tips for them to to do what is their job. And I didn't see any of those. I didn't even get to talk to anybody on a personal basis. Mm-hmm. So there was no need for anybody. Everybody was in the office. Yeah. So, what, well, 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 back home, they will, sometimes you will run into a deliberate roadblock. A deliberate so, roadblock. Yeah. So you be able, you then begin to ask, please help me, and then they they begin to expect that you will.
1: This video has surfaced on the internet showing a police officer asking an offending motorist for a bribe. The policeman tries to justify the amount he's demanding by claiming he's not working alone. In Nigeria, many offenders prefer to bribe the police rather than going through long-winded proceedings. Nigeria's police officers are often associated with corruption, harassing or even begging civilians for money. What do they, them, how do they do them? that? And they say, oh, there's a special fee for that or something, and they try to at, make at it... At other
0: times, they tell you that they can pay for you, and then they, they, they overquote to you, and because you are not willing to go through the process, go and sit down and, and see how much they're paying, you end up paying more for the driver's license. That wow. happens... You, has that so happened to you? Oh, yes, it yeah. happened many times. You had times. to pay. I suspected yeah. that I was overcharged, but because I didn't, I didn't want to wait and go through the process... Right. I have to pay, they will just say to you, it costs so much.
1: Right, right. And
0: pay, and then you give the hand the money to them. Mm-hmm. And but you never asked how much exactly is it, which is different from here. Yeah. Here you know how much it is. They ask you to pay online. It is only now we're beginning to catch up with paying online, but I it hasn't quite solved the problem back home. For me, societies that work yeah. are societies where little things work
1: hmm. and little things, things
0: work. like knowing the process for getting driver's license
1: yeah
0: having to go through that process and getting a driver's license and driving oh. legitimately in yeah. such a society
1: i, I, I really it's a symbol you're saying that oh, yeah i think you're saying right that, that that these little these seemingly little things like getting a driver's license yeah. and the The clarity and the the rule of law, the rule of law you see in that process relates to higher level processes. Is that what you're saying? Yes,
0: and eventually reflects in how things are done generally in that society. And where there is so much chaos in getting driver's license, it's something as simple as getting driver's license and something that is going to have some consequence on others if you are not a very good driver and you're on the road. You something as as simple as that you ought to know the process and if the process is followed you find there will be more orderliness in the society nobody is going to go looking to make money out of it or nobody is going to go to cut corners yeah. in it so yeah. it, it works and I look out for those things getting driver's license and having to go and, um, and right. av- avoid giving people money to go and do things for you doing so, it yourself I really think that Africa should learn a great deal from com- countries such as here. And not necessarily in, the, in terms of how to amass so much wealth, because that, that would take something else. But I'm talking of how to do things uh, in an orderly manner, in a predictable manner. Societies ought to be more predictable than there are back home in Africa. And the, the moment you, you put rules in place that will make the society more predictable, nobody wakes up today and just, today he, did, he never had any drivers, driving tests, and the next day he's already driving on the road. No, nope, it doesn't happen here. And because it can happen here, it, there is a certain predictability uh, that you have of or those who are in vehicles and driving in the society. Those little things are the things that I look out for. Yeah. To see whether there are better things happening in a country. And Africa should begin to look at little, little things. Let's reform our processes. Yeah. Let's reform our systems. And these ones don't cost money
1: yeah what what we're discussing here it's cheaper now than in the past for computers and the mobile internet and how much everything, how right? much money does it cost to do yeah
0: you just need people who are ready to insist on the rule yeah and ensure that everyone else follows the rule yeah and that is it
1: yeah well can, since this is, you know our podcast is religion unplugged, I want to see can we bring it back to religion? Uh, you are a man of faith yourself. What is the role of the church? What's the role of religion in this, uh, the application of this concept you're talking about?
0: It, it, it actually, a society such as we have in most of Africa uh, is ripe for this sort of concept. What has failed is a system of governance that has not quite delivered as expected, and as a result, people are looking for other means to get what they want and. That creates all the chaos and all the confusion. And a society that is utterly religious, you might say most, most of our societies are so religious, but not quite, you don't see too much righteousness in their conduct. But let's even stop at the level of uh, being religious. We have a large population of Christians. We have a large population of Muslims across Africa. The Muslims who pray five, five times in a day, every day. Mm-hmm. and the Christians will go to church. These days, it's no longer going to church only on Sundays. You now go to church several days in a week because there are different programs in different churches. Yeah. So we are all very religious. It, it ought to be that such a society will find it easier to operate in a more orderly, orderly way. But what has happened is that whereas the bulk of the people profess religion, um, whatever religion. The, the yeah. conduct is bereft of hmm. religious character, religious uh-huh. uh, um, output. You yeah. don't see righteousness being reflected whether from the Muslims hmm. or from the Christians, uh-huh. particularly those of them in this kind of position where you have to insist on following the rules. Right. And I think it's because people, number one, are looking for what they're going to get out of it. And number two, people just don't have the patience and the discipline to follow the rules that they themselves have made
1: yeah um so y- y- i mean it's I'm wondering it's you know is there is, is there a role for ministers or the church to 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 champion order to champion rules to champion justice for society in the, in
0: this way It's outside the
1: bounds of a church to go and try to set up a department of motor vehicles, <laughs> but is there something more pastors and churches could do on this
0: now, what churches? or even take mosques, since that, that's also very uh, uh, preponderant in our society. Yeah. W- what they ought to do is to preach to sway the people to behave well. And yeah. when people imbibe the message, the religious message coming from a church, or the, the preaching from a pastor or a priest in a church, or an imam in a mosque, it ought to be that the people will, Im- will imbibe that, that message internalize it, mm-hmm. and then allow the message to regulate and condition their conduct. And when that happens, you say that this, this church is having an effect. But of course, how many people are truly following that rule in such, a, in such a society as ours? Even though they go to church, even though they go to mosque, they don't quite follow the rule. It looks like being a religious person um, is more fashionable than, than doing what the Almighty wants you to do. So, so what role do they have? Those who are preaching, whether as pastors, priests, or imams, I think that the role is to begin to strike at the little things that will make the people behave right. And of course, get the, the, those who are in, 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 in authority, those who are in government, those who are in public offices, or even private of, I mean, private organizations, Get people to follow set-down rules. Ask that anybody who is truly a Christian must not seek ways to cut corners. Imagine that kind of preaching to a congregation. You will be amazed that when they leave that church that day or leave that mosque that day, everybody will be a bit sobered up. And they are not likely to go the next day and and start looking for how to cut corners because what happens is that when you are not delivering good governance,
1: then
0: the people are looking for ways to cut corners. So those in authorities, they they are preached to, to give their very best on their job, to deliver good governance. And those that are uh, citizens of such societies, they are preached to, to follow the rules, to obey good conduct, to to obey and... And 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 get out good conduct in their lives, and telling them that this is part of obeying the Almighty God. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think yeah. this is fascinating. This discussion. And my last question sure. is: uh, What's the status of your American license now? And <laughs> uh, when are you going to be driving here next? The no, no, no,
0: no, American license is 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 uh, valid for I think five years, and uh, I hope that when it expires, if I'm still here for a pretty long time, I'll go renew it because I I, I was <laughs> impressed with. Yeah. Really, for me, it was one of those defining points, which is quite surprising to many of you Americans and even some people who are coming from outside of America, and they don't see why am I, why am I saying so making so much fuss about it. But yeah, and I say to them it, that if you follow this process, yeah. you're going to have a good, go- good government right, operating, right. and the society will be the better for it. Driving here, once you know, I mean, you know that you can drive. And uh, also, may- most times you count on the on the goodness of the other road user. Once you have that all settled, make- taking a road trip in here is is always a pleasure because the road is very good, and the connections are very fairly simple. You don't get lost easily yeah, when you're driving here.
1: Yeah, I know you took one trip, if I recall, yeah. right before Trump got elected, that, yeah, that yeah. November, you know, uh, 2016, you took a road trip all over the U.S. to kind of discover what people were thinking, right? You went to yeah. Illinois and places like that.
0: I stayed, I stayed in a town called Naperville in Naperville. Illinois, yeah, yes, wow. and, and then I, I went, I drove round, around, around Illinois, and from there I headed to Springfield, and, which is the capital, which is fairly far away, and, and then I had done quite a, and then drove back. I, I think did a few trips to Chicago. Chicago. And, uh-huh. and so uh, I, 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 I can tell you that on none of those occasions did I feel that I shouldn't have been driving. I just enjoy driving Yeah. Here.
1: Okay. And yeah. It's, it's a
0: pleasure to drive here. And you don't have driven where I didn't have to run into a very huge traffic jam. Of course, I haven't driven in New York. It's not like Lagos. I, yeah. No, it's not okay. like Lagos. Lagos, is, it reminds, New, New York is... Like uh, a gigantic uh, 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 portrait of, uh, of Lagos, of a miniature Lagos, particularly with regards to driving and getting trapped in traffic for hours. And uh, in Lagos, it's a way of life. So driving, therefore, is also adult for many people because you just, you know that if you're going to close up Russia, you're going to stay on the road for at least two hours every yeah. day.
1: Yeah. Uh, where's your, Do you know uh, where your next road trip might be? Would you have a dream yeah. for your next no, road no, no. trip yes, in America? I'm, I'm
0: going to do well. Not it's not really a big road trip, but I, I'm sure that around here in uh, Florida, I, I think I I'll rent a car for a day. I might, maybe in when, when I get to California, I might also rent a car for a day or two and then yeah. drive around. And drive around. That's it's, what America does. It's cheaper and it's easier.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Just go easy. Well, we wish you a great road trip, at sir, and we thank you for talking with us today. Uh, Emeka, thank you so much, my friend, for telling us about this uh, road trip and, and driver's license journey and your thoughts on it all. Thank, and you,
0: uh, thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate uh, this. I mean, it's, this is the kind of thing that I like talking about.
1: Fantastic. Well, signing off for Religion Unplugged, this is Paul Gladder and Emeka Izese. This episode of the Religion Unplugged podcast was hosted by Paul Gladder, edited and produced by Peter Freeby with production assistance from Melissa Harrison. Special thanks to Emeka Izezi and Megan Clark. The Religion Unplugged podcast is a production of religionunplugged.com and is a part of The Media Project, a nonprofit dedicated to equipping journalists to cover religion. To read our award-winning global religion news coverage or to find out more about Religion Unplugged or The Media Project, visit religionunplugged.com or follow us on Twitter at ReligionMag.